That was a crazy day, a night of baseball, and we have an action-packed show. Welcome, everybody. It's Thursday, May 3rd, and it's the CBSSports.com Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Adam Azer, Scott White, Al Melchior. See the no-hitter, guys? You hear about that? I didn't. I stayed up to watch the Braves come from behind, last at that 15-13 to 13 win in the 10th inning, and thought that was the craziest thing yeah, I, was I know, right? see all night. And checked out. So I, I missed the no-hitter. So you learned you, about it this morning. You watched an exciting game. You're talking about an exciting game. I watched the Rays and the Mariners, which was probably <laughs> the most boring game on the schedule last night. Well, way to go, Al. Good choice. <laughs> you know, Scott, the thing is that 15-13 extra innings game, that actually was the craziest thing you saw last night because so, that is much crazier than a no-hitter at this point. <laughs> it really is. I, I, think it was, I think it was the highest scoring extra innings game in like, since like 2005 and or six. There, were, there was something... Uh, interesting from one of our bloggers on the site. Uh, win probability throughout the game. The Braves went down six to nothing to Roy Halladay. Their 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 probability of winning the game dropped to like two percent. Then they took the lead. It jumped up to like eighty percent. Then the Phillies took the lead by four <laughs> runs again. It dropped back to two percent. And then eventually the Braves scored five runs in the bottom or the yeah the bottom of the eighth and. And then the Phillies tied it again, and yeah, it was it was crazy. <laughs> Not only that, but Chipper Jones, forty years old or, or older, Jason Giambi, forty or older, both hit walk off home runs. First time in baseball history that's happened on the same day. Two guys that age saw that one on Sports Center this morning. Um, oh, Al's the, got the Al's the, got the, the graph uh, that Scott's talking about. It's uh, yeah, like a crazy funny. EKG. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about Weaver first. But here's what we have coming up today: Jared Weaver, big night. Some closers had terrible nights, including Heath Bell. Buy or sells later. Will Middlebrooks is up, and we're going to talk about prospects. Ryan Braun is hurt. Pablo Sandoval is hurt. We got a lot, mu- a lot more. But uh, Jared Weaver, all right, second no-hitter in less than two weeks in the majors. Of course, Philip Umber had the perfect game. No-hits the Twins with one walk and nine strikeouts. And he gets the Twins again on Monday, so we'll start him for that one. Uh, he's 4-0 with a 1.61 ERA. Weaver or Pujol, Sal? Hmm. I think, I, yeah, pretty even. Believe it or not, as bad as Pools has been, as as much of a Weaver hater as you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. What do you think it, about Weaver right now? You know, I, he he's been a little better this year than he was last year, but I I still view him as more of a low end number one guy than a high end number one guy. Obviously, he pitched like it last night. He's pitched like it so far this year. But, um, you know, as bad as Halliday was last night, I know we're going to talk about that in Kershaw. I'd rather trust those guys. No, that's fair. Also, he I think it was the eighth inning, top of the or bottom of the eighth inning, maybe bottom of the seventh inning, and he just disappeared into the clubhouse, and they asked him where he went, and he said, quote, I had to pee so bad it was unbelievable. Superstition had to go out the window. There's a lot to like about Jared Weaver. Guy's yeah. cool. Yeah. I never answered maybe. your question, by the way. Oh, yeah. Pools. I think I'd still go pools. Maybe this will become the new superstition. Peeing. Take a little bathroom break. <laughs> For the last inning. Good call. I like that. All right, Pujols or Weaver? Pujols. Uh, stat of the day number one as we go from elites to not even close. Ivan Nova. I was surprised to see this. Through his first four starts, he had allowed 19 extra base hits. That was coming into yesterday's starts. Most extra base hits to start a season since 1969. Louis Tiantz. I had no idea how to spell Louis Tiantz. You got it right. I did? Oh, all right. Um, and then Nova went out and allowed five earned runs to Baltimore. He's now 3-1 and one with a 5.58 ERA. 
You don't see guys with 5.5 ADRAs owned in 86% of leagues too often, but he is. Two starts next week, Tampa Bay and Seattle. He had his 15-game win streak snapped. All right, uh, are we starting Nova next week, Scott? And what do you think about him long term? Yeah, I I think I'm starting him with the two starts there. And I think I, I really can't complain about his ownership percentage because even though I, I don't feel like he's he's going to help you in ERA and whip that much, he just tends to pitch deep into games. And, and that lineup backing him, you know, rarely is, is, is he completely destroyed he, I'm five earned runs I don't consider that completely destroyed uh he's just consistent enough and, and consistent is really all you need when when you have the Yankees lineup backing you stat of the day number two Brandon McCarthy who is now two and three with a 2.96 ERA he allowed one run to the Red Sox in six and two-thirds last night he improved to eight and zero with a 3.34 ERA since 2009 against AL East clubs that's pretty impressive. He is owned in 76% of leagues. Uh, having a really good year so far, Al, is he a sell-high candidate? I ask that because he has trouble staying healthy. Yeah, um, I don't uh, give that as much weight as I would have, say, a year ago um, because he stayed pretty healthy last year. And uh, I just like the performance. I like how he's really sort of um, reinvented himself as you know a ground ball contact guy, and he's really good at it. So, um, no, I would not uh, sell McCarthy at this point. McCarthy or Nova? Uh, McCarthy. Yeah, McCarthy. And and by the way, he's you know he is owned in seventy six percent of our leagues. He started in only thirty one. I think that's kind of crazy. Yeah, well, well, they're both pretty low, really. If 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 Nova's eighty six and McCarthy's seventy six, and we both said we'd rather have McCarthy mm-hmm. on your yeah, own. True, true. All right, let's get this one out of the way. Kershaw Halliday struggled yesterday. Kershaw gave up a career high three home runs. Halliday got lit up his worst start in five years. Any concerns at all? Not, no. not for me. And I recall there was a stretch last year where I think Halliday had bad back-to-back-to-back starts. Have to look that up and confirm it. That's my memory anyway. And uh, if it can happen to him, it can happen to anybody. Guys, the Rangers have lost two games in a row for the first time this year. What's wrong with the Rangers? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. They're, you mean they're not going to win 120 games? I, apparently not. Apparently not. But uh, their rotation's interesting um, because Matt Harrison was terrible yesterday. We'll talk about him later. Injuries. I don't like to do the injuries this early in the show, but we've got to talk about Ryan Braun. He left the game with a tight Achilles. How concerned should we be right now? Do we know anything? It doesn't seem like a, a, a big thing. I mean, Achilles injuries. <laughs> Anytime you have something like that going on, it could end up becoming worse than it appears initially. But right now, I'm not that concerned. It seems like day-to-day. Yeah, the report is soreness, but I'm a little bit concerned only because the initial reports on Corey Lupke's elbow mm. were that it was merely sore, and now he's on the yeah. DL. So sometimes it's, you know, for, for better or for worse, I'm a little distrustful of these initial reports. But even that, I mean, Lupke, it, doesn't, it still doesn't seem like that big a deal. They just figured, well, he's not going to make his next two starts. They they said they were encouraged by his progress. So, yeah, I, I I don't I don't know that I'd be hitting the panic meter on Luke either. I'm gonna get let's get ahead of the game here. Let's just say Ryan Braun is out. Uh, Josh Reddick, Gerardo Parra, John Jay, Denard Span, all owned in 50% of leagues or less, and that's the order of their performance so far in points leagues. Reddick, Parra, Jay, Span. Who do you like? Uh, I like Para, and bear in mind that Para, uh, I'm pretty sure, doesn't have the playing time that Reddick has had. 
Uh, I, I don't think it's even close. Uh, Probably not, but when Chris Young comes back, is Parr yeah, going to be relevant? Because um, he has eight steals this year, I think. It's pretty good, but yeah, I do have to worry about playing time. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. That, that's, that is my concern. If you're thinking a long-term pickup, I, I don't think Parr is going to be the guy. I would, I would prefer John Jay of this list, uh, the way he's been hitting multi-hit games every day. It seems like always had a high batting average in the minors and looks like he's going to play against both righties and lefties. So, uh, you know, maybe not a ton of homers from him, but enough that I think he'll be a, a useful mixed league guy all year. Pablo Sandoval, this one could be more serious. He left with a wrist injury, and they do seem concerned. Do we have any news on this? Not aside from that, no. So you just have to watch and see. All right, well, I'll lump him then with Matt Gamble, who has a torn ACL. And yesterday we talked about third baseman to pick up, and we mentioned Chris Johnson. He's owning 17% of leagues. He homered twice yesterday. He <laughs> drove in six. Look at you guys. Pedro Alvarez owning 42% of leagues. Jed Lowry, 58% of leagues. Uh, three more hits yesterday. Kyle Seeger, 30% ownership. Two home runs yesterday, and now he has three this year, but he's a five-game hitting streak. Uh, thoughts on this list here? I mean, I'm assuming, well, I'm not going to assume anything. I'm assuming Lowry would be number one, but he's owned in the most leagues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's my number one for sure. He, he needs to be picked up in... Regardless of whether you lost your third baseman or not, Lowry, Lowry's getting it done. Seems like he solved his problems against right-handed pitchers last year. And uh, I'm, I'm back on the Lowry bandwagon completely. Good. It, you know what? The fantasy world wasn't right without you. Yeah, on the it, wasn't. it wasn't. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Chris Johnson or Kyle Seeger? Um, for me, Seeger, and actually if this is a head-to-head league, I'd probably even go Seeger over, um, over Lowry. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? See, the thing about Seager with Mike Kartback, uh, I still feel like there's going to be this big shuffle going on between left field, third base, first base, uh, and Seager might end up being a 400 at back guy when all said and done. I mean, a two-homer game certainly helps his cause, but he wasn't hitting all that well before that. Well, like I said, in a head-to-head league, I'm not expecting much power from him going forward. Home run power, but I do like the doubles power. From Seeger, your your point is you know is well taken, uh, but I would certainly give him a whirl at least for the next week. Three up, then we'll go four down, the closer edition, and then rotation, and we'll play some buy or sell a little bit later and prospects and your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. All right, Carlos Gonzalez hit two more home runs. He is hot, five home runs in six games. He's very good. We know that, <laughs> but eighteen of his twenty three RBIs have been at home. But you guys, I'm assuming, would never consider sitting him on the road, or would you? Yeah, we did, we went through this last season. We didn't do this. We? We've done this. I think even before last season. And that, and that, and you had collected some really compelling data about his home road splits. And I don't know if it was you or it was me. I think it was you benched him, and then he went nuts on the road. <laughs> yeah, that's the risk you run. <laughs> so yeah, lesson learned. Whether it was your team or my team, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, lesson learned from that. But he really is a, a mediocre hitter on the road. I yeah no I I it, it it seems logical it seems logical to consider sitting him on the road but when you have someone with that much talent 
it, it just seems like every time you take that leap of faith, you regret it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, Eric Thames, three up, number two. He had 21 fantasy points last week. He's batting 292. He doubled and scored yesterday. What do you guys think about Thames? Yeah, I think that's more like it. Um, and for whatever reason, he was just hitting everything on the ground the first few weeks. Um, seems to be coming around. So yeah, this is a guy you should be able to count on for extra base hits. Pre-game yesterday, Carlos Beltran said, oh, Alan Nando want to trade Yoannis Suspedes? Want to trade me for Yoannis Suspedes? They'd rather have Suspedes? Fine, I'll go out and hit two home runs <laughs> and snap my three for 32 slump. Take that. I would have been in Beltran's corner if I was there, at <laughs> least in head-to-head. Roto, I, I could see the Suspedes argument more. But the thing about Beltran, we, we thought he was done stealing bases. He's back doing that again this year, too. He's, like, found the fountain of youth. Yeah, nice day for him. Uh, all right, let's play four down here. We'll talk about closers. Heath Bell, Al. Blew a save. He allowed two runs. I don't, did he even get an out in the ninth? I don't think he did. Uh, he did not, no. And then Steve Shisek came in and cleaned up the mess. Actually, you know what? Did Shisek also get credited for, with a blown save? He, he did because yeah. he gave up. And I didn't see the game. I just saw the box score. But he gave up a hit that actually allowed that time right. run. Right. So, okay, so Bell actually, did it. Heath Bell, Bell did it. Didn't. Yeah, right. exactly. I'm sorry about that. Bell did not. But he still was <laughs> terrible. And Shisek was better. All right. Anyway, right. go ahead, guys. Talk about Bell. Yeah. So, well, he's, he's really in some trouble now. And, uh, again, I didn't see this game. But looking at the, the line, it wasn't his recent MO of just not hitting the strike zone. Uh, he was throwing strikes. But apparently he must have been throwing meatballs because uh, he got hit around pretty good against the, the few batters that he faced. And it's to the point now where Ozzie Guillen is talking about giving C-Sheck uh, an opportunity to close. It's not written in stone or anything. But just the fact that that discussion is happening is really bad news for Heath Bell. I th- I think, uh, I think, yeah, I think the next time the Marlins have a safe situation, provided Ciszek is rested up because he threw two innings, yeah. it's going to be Ciszek. I, I, I think I don't see how he can run Bell out there again, particularly with him off as a team to a bad start. But you wouldn't drop Bell, would you? No, um, no, I, I can't see myself doing that really, even in like a ten-team league, but. Depending on how the how C-Sheck does, how Bell does when he's not closing, it could change, obviously. Yeah, well, I've got him in the podcast league, so I know I'm not going to be dropping Bell yet. Um, and if I need to, let's say, pick up another reliever uh, to put in his place, I would probably drop Hector Santiago before I'm dropping Bell. Would you that drop, makes sense. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Would you drop Jordan Walden to pick up C-Sheck? Uh, if I was a Bell owner, Yeah. If if not, if I was like a down zoner, probably not. Santiago Casilla took uh, the loss in a non-save situation. So after Bell was bad, Casilla blew it. He gave up the winning run. If if we're a, a 10 on the 1 through 10 scale for Bell, where are we on the Casilla scale? Zero. It was a home run to Giancarlo Stanton, and that happens. <laughs> uh, Happening frequently lately. Yeah, he's picking it up. Oh, he's in buy or sell, guys. You just wait. <laughs> Rafael Betancourt blew a save. Uh, one through ten. How panicked should we be? One. Yeah, he's been good. Yeah. Uh, JJ puts one through ten. He allowed two runs in the ninth and took the losses. ERA is six point four eight. Yeah, I did a double take with him when I saw that because the ERA was so high. It still, it still seems like a, a case where a couple bad outings early in the year mess up the whole thing, and and I'm not really that worried. But they do seem to have a couple of decent fallback options there in David Hernandez and Brian Shaw, so certainly a situation to keep an eye on. 
All right, so can we one through ten it? Oh, yeah, I forgot to do that. Uh, I will go... The people love three, the one through ten. 3.5, maybe. All right. Everybody uh, loves the survey. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I'll go uh, a little over, Scott. I'll take four. Rotation time. All right, Jeff Samarja and Jake Arietta. Just when you want to, like, drop them, they, they come out and, and yeah. look really good. And Samarja, this is two in a row now, and he's in 67. He's owning 67% of leagues. He's throwing 96 in the eighth inning. Seven and two-thirds, three hits, one earned run, two walks, seven strikeouts in Cincinnati. Samarja or Drabeck? Samarja. Samarja, yeah. He's must-own, I think, right now. The, the stuff, I, you said it, 96 miles per hour. Do it. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he has the stuff to succeed, and he, he looks like he's come, overcome those early season inconsistencies. How about this? Samarja or Brandon McCarthy? I think... I think I would go Samarja there because when I have the choice, I usually go for the strikeout guy. Yeah, and I like McCarthy because of the consistency that he's shown since last year. Samarja or Carlos Zambrano, who was very good last night, has a 2.53 RA, is owned in half our leagues, and has Houston in the Mets next week. Well, you know how I like McCarthy because of his, his consistency? <laughs> yeah, I'm going Samarja over Zambrano. But Zambrano's been good this year, Al. Uh, well, mostly. Mostly. Look, but the, the strikeout-to-walk ratio still isn't particularly encouraging. Is it ever with him? Well, I mean, he used to be a strikeout yeah. guy. Has uh, the walk, a walk walks guy. were always bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, okay, we like Samarja then. Uh, Jake Arrieta struck out nine Yankees in eight scoreless innings, five hits, no walks. His ERA is now 3.52. Another inconsistent guy, but, man, he was sick last night. He was really good. What do you think about Arietta? <laughs> Yeah, when he's good, he's really good. And I'm, I'm still with Samarja, too. I'm waiting to see them establish some consistency. But the ceiling for both of these guys is tremendous. See, I was back on Samarja. So this wasn't – I mean, it was good. It wasn't a big deal to me. But Arietta, I thought I was ready to move on from him, and I can't now. This this is the best start yet. I, doing that to the Yankees, I can't move on from him he's, if he's out there. I mean, he wouldn't be my number one priority, but I would still prefer to have him than not. Yeah, and I thought about your analysis yesterday of these Yankees are not really the Yankees. Um, yeah, I don't know how much of a factor that is. I, I think it was a great start regardless, but maybe we give a little less weight to a Yankee start than we would have. Yeah, before. well, I looked, actually looked it up um, where they rank and run scored in the AL. I think they're top five. Texas is number one. Um, at and least that, they were going into yesterday. That's but, before Teixeira has done anything. Yeah, Teixeira hasn't done anything. Cano has one home run, four RBIs. Yeah, Cano, yeah. Swisher's out right now. Gardner's out right now. And, yeah, uh, it's not quite the same lineup that we're used to seeing. Anyway, Joe Saunders, who's buying him yet? Six and a third, six strikeouts, seven hits, two earned, two walks at Washington. I'm still just stubbornly <laughs> clinging on <laughs> to my you know, preconceived idea that he's just not useful outside of NL only. Maybe in the two-star week next week. Matt Harrison but. got roughed up by the Blue Jays. Two bad ones in a row for him. Is he over-owned? He's on 83% of league, Scott. I think the his hot start was a little too good to be true, and this is kind of a regression to the mean for him. I still think that's that's a that's an okay ownership percentage because he pitches for the Rangers. He's not a bad pitcher. He just doesn't really stand out in any way, and, and that... Uh, I mean, 83 doesn't seem too high. I might prioritize like a Jake Arrieta over him just because I feel like there's a little more upside there. I think it is 
actually far too high, um, especially given that this is a one-start week for Harrison. So it's not like people were you know going out and inflating his ownership rate for just this one week. Uh, to me, he is a, a matchups guy, a streaming guy for standard mixed leagues. So uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to see that number closer to 70 or 65. How encouraged were you by Drew Pomerantz? Six and two-thirds against the Dodgers at home. Four hits, one run, four walks, five Ks. He's owning 30% of leagues. Drew Pomerantz. Yeah, and, and actually watched much of this game, although I didn't miss the blown, the terrible blown call at first base. Oh, my God. But Pomerantz looked pretty solid. That was an impressive start. For what him. was that? I have so, all right, no... like I basically saw the highlights, and I was kind of half paying attention, <laughs> but it seemed like... The first, was it Todd Helton? Yes. Yeah. It was like two feet off the bat. <laughs> I think it was more like four, actually. And they called the runner out. And no, it was a horrible call. Wow, that was epic. But I'm sorry, I, I, I zoned out. What did you say about Pomerantz? I was <laughs> freaking out about the yeah, call. Yeah, more people was, were concerned with the call than Drew Pomerantz. <laughs> but, you know, it's by the four walks. You know, it's one of these games, too, where you look at a line and you're like, oh, yeah, that many strikeouts, got that many walks. I didn't even realize he had the four walks. He just looked pretty sharp. The best I've seen him, which is not a lot, but but much better than other times I've seen Pomeranz. All right, injuries, news, and notes. Corey Lubke on the DL with a strained left elbow. Scott, uh, are you owning Jeff Supon in all leagues after his five scoreless innings? No. <laughs> I'm not even picking him up in... At least in a, I'm not picking him up in NL only Roto because he just I, I just fear he'd wreck my ERA and whip. Maybe NL only head to head, but it'd still have to be pretty darn deep. Well, he got out of two bases loaded jams in five innings, so I think uh, he might have got a little lucky yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, hey, uh, here's a shocker news flash: Kevin Euclid is on the DL. What? Lower back strain. And Will Middlebrooks called up, and he had two hits. He had a double, and he stole base. What's going on there in Boston? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a shame because I think, you know, middle Brooks has shown that he really doesn't have a lot left to prove in the minors, but I think this year, these are going to be his opportunities, you know, a few weeks here, maybe a few weeks there. Um, so I don't know how much value he's really going to have this year. They gave him a ridiculous Jersey number, which doesn't (laughs) inspire much confidence, (laughs) but uh, I mean, as a player, yeah, I'd be, I'd be excited about him in fantasy just because he was top prospect who looks like he had a breakthrough on top of that at AAA before getting the call. And uh but I yeah, I'm not I'm not convinced he's gonna stick around long enough to really stick in fantasy. And what about Euclid? What are we thinking? The minimum here or what? Well back's always tricky, obviously. Euclid is always tricky. I'm thinking I'm thinking a relatively short stay, obviously if I'm thinking Middlebrooks isn't gonna be around yeah. that long, but uh but who knows? I mean, who knows? <laughs> that's Fair about enough. all I can no, that's, say. That works. Jo- Josh Beckett won't pitch Saturday. He has stiffness in his right lat. Aaron Cook is going to replace him. We thinking just this one start? I'm thinking. I'm thinking so, and I'm actually a little suspicious of this. Um, I'm sounding very paranoid today. I'm not <laughs> believing injury reports, <laughs> but you, you know, can't believe injury reports because Evan Longoria was day to day, right? And now he's out. He, now he's month to month. But this so. case in particular, because Cook had a clause in his contract where the Red Sox would have had to let him go, or he had an opt out. I think it was a Cook had an opt out. So it's a little bit convenient that they found a spot for him in the rotation right at the time when when Cook could have op- opted out. Mm, so yeah. uh, it's almost like they're just giving Beckett some rest so that they can keep Cook around. And I, I think they want him as an option in case they decide they want to move to the bullpen. I actually think that's the more significant angle here. Ryan Dempster is expected. You, you know, let's stay on that. Bar to the bullpen. It's he possible. wasn't great. He wasn't good no, yesterday. He wasn't. He's had yeah. one good start in four. 
uh, unless you count the seven walk game as a good start. I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. Okay, uh, Ryan Dempster expected to come off the DL and start today. Cliff Lee could be back next week. The Red Sox signed Mark Pryor. Uh, Jason Hayward pinch hit, which is a good sign. Yoli Chassin was sent down. Who replaces Chassin? Probably Alex White. Could be all, uh, Tyler Chatwood. And I feel like I'm forgetting. Oh, Christian Friedrich. Uh, Friedrich's name has been mentioned, and we'll talk about him in the prospects section. Okay. Yeah, so number of candidates there. Are we picking up any of these guys? Is Friedrich good enough? And I mean, Alex White? No, not, a, not in a mixed league. I mean, White was a disaster yeah. at Coors Field last year. Okay. Uh, Brett Gardner had a minor setback. I think he's eligible to come off the DL today. That's not going to happen, but they say it's minor. Ryan Zimmerman will likely be back Tuesday. Justin Smoke dropped to seventh in the batting order. He's batting 184. Drop or stash Justin Smoke? Drop. He's part of that clutter I mentioned before with Mike Karp. Uh, If this continues, less than full-time at-bats. And Alex Liddy's been getting more time yeah, over there first. Yeah. Right, he's part of the clutter, too. <laughs> the Dodgers blew it in the ninth, but it was not Javi Guerra or Kenley Jansen, so that's good news. Matt Kemp was intentionally walked for the first time yesterday. Isn't that surprising? Should really? it be a little bit more? Shocking to me, yeah. Okay, and now good call on Barry Zito. <laughs> I, I thought he'd be a good start against the Marlins. They can't hit lefties. Zito's been good, but he walked seven in three and two-thirds. Well, I didn't expect that. Uh, I just know that he's tough to trust. <laughs> so he. That's, I guess sometimes that's why. Sometimes research can be a bad thing. Yeah, sometimes. Get a little too deep into it. You don't know what's up and down anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you guys are very good at not overreacting. You know, And it's only been a month. It's only been one month of baseball, and you can't just throw out a guy's past, right? No, you can't. Unless it's Alex Gordon, and you're talking about before 2011. <laughs> I throw that out. <laughs> okay. And Alex Gordon's hitting like 450 in his last six games or something. Guys yeah, it's a, it's a random reference, but if you've been listening to the podcast since spring, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, let's play buy or sell here. Buy or sell the statement. That's how this game works. I make a statement, you buy or sell it. Bryce Harper is going to stay up longer than we thought. The guy has been pretty impressive with his athleticism. The play he made at the plate yesterday, did you see that? He slides in the home plate. And he just, he, with his hand, he just knocked the ball out of the catcher's glove. And then he touched the home plate. It was, it was like, uh, a, it was compared to A-Rod and Bronson Arroyo, basically, at first base. But uh, he's got a crazy arm. Uh, Bryce Harper stays up longer than we thought. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. They haven't been playing Tyler Moore. Uh, and left field isn't going to solve itself when Ryan Zimmerman comes back. So I'm buying it. Prince Fielder is going to struggle at home this year. These are his splits. Uh, 250 average, 328 on base, 357 slugging in 15 home games. On the road, nine games, 333, 421, 485. Much better on the road. Prince Fielder is going to struggle at home this year. Selling. Selling. Why? Yeah, Miller Park. I mean, that's a division full of great uh, power hitters parks, and Miller is right up there with any of them with the possible exception of Cincinnati. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. But he's, he's in, in Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> or, oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, boy. But I think you have made the point earlier, Al. I know you just had like a brain fart there. But I think in an <laughs> earlier podcast, maybe a few weeks ago, it wasn't just Miller Park. He left a lot of good hitters' parks in the Central. He did. You're right. So, yeah, no, big big brain fart there. But <laughs> believe it or not, the argument still sort of stands because uh, for, for power hitting, Comerica is actually one of the better parks uh, aside from uh, USL in that division. So I'm still selling. No, oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, buy or sell, Giancarlo Stanton is back. Buying. This is 
kind of how I figured it'd go. Once he started, he'd get hot. Three home runs in, like, what, five days or something. Yeah, he hit his first on Saturday or Sunday. Well, over the weekend. Whatever. Something like that. Uh, all right. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton or Josh Hamilton rest of the season? Stanton. Wow. You know, they were <laughs> drafted, like, back-to-back. <laughs> I looked at ADP earlier yeah. today. Yeah. One guy's getting I, healthy. Uh, the other one... I, I I convinced myself toward the end of draft season that I draft Stanton over Hamilton, but based on Hamilton's start, it, it was so close in the beginning. I got to go Hamilton. <laughs> All right, buy or sell. Lance Lynn stays in the Cardinals rotation and finishes as a top twenty pitcher. He's five and zero with a one six zero ERA. Selling. I well, I buy the first statement. I think he's good enough that they have to keep him around. Westbrook or somebody like that will blow it when Carpenter comes back. If Carpenter comes back, but. I don't see him being top 20 because I think once the innings get up there, he'll Lynn will slow down a bit. Plus, they could curtail his innings. That too, yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean, there's a lot to love there with Lance Lynn so far, but I know that the Cardinals really like Jake Westbrook. Loesch has been good. I think he may even be more legit than I think. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it could just be a, a, you know, a number squeeze. It sort of reminds me a little bit of Alexio Gondo last year. He was really good, but push came to shove. He went to the pen for the postseason. Uh, buy or sell, Nelson Cruz is a bust this year. I sell that. He, he's had some good moments. Um, I know no homers yet, but a lot of this is... is oh, he has two, doesn't he? Uh, Chu has two home runs. Oh, no, no, no. no. We're on Nelson, Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz, and he does have two. Oh. <laughs> I was looking ahead on the notes. My brain fart this time. You're next down. Yeah, I tell you, yesterday was just so crazy. (laughs) Cruz will not be a bust because I think he was drafted in the appropriate spot given his injury risk, and that's what I worry about more than the production. Okay, so Nelson Cruz not a bust. Shinsu Chu is a bust. Buy or sell? Scott, I know your answer. Sell. Yes. Uh, You know what? I'm going to buy because you remember right before the season started, we did our our who are we nervous about list. Yep. He was on mine, so he's not doing anything to make me less anxious. Would you drop him? For Luke Scott? No. For Jason Kubel? No. So you probably wouldn't drop Shinsu Chu? Uh, not other than in a really shallow league, I wouldn't, but I still would consider him a bust because he shouldn't be anywhere close to droppable in any right. league. Uh, buy or sell, Adam Dunn is a top 12 first baseman this year. I don't buy that. He strikes out too much. I buy that he's back, generally speaking, but first base, it's easy to come up with. 12th yeah. first baseman I'd rather have. Well, he's number five in head-to-head right now. He's number 11 in Roto. Yeah, it'll change. Dunn yeah. or LaHare? Uh, hmm. That's a good question. Thank you. I, I, think, uh, <laughs> I think I might go LaHare, but I'd find someone else to drop other than Dunn to pick up LaHare. If, if no, La trade. I'm talking there. trade. I'm talking trade. Trade, yeah. I, I think I'd go LaHare. I think the batting average will be higher, obviously. Yeah, I think they're pretty similar, actually. Um, I'm going to go... First of all, I'm selling the statement. Um, he won't be top 12, and I'm going Dunn slightly over LaHare. Dunn or Freeman? Freeman. Mm. Neither will be top 12, but I think Freeman, yeah. Uh, Carlos Ruiz is a top 12 catcher, and you should drop Russell Martin to pick him up. Buy or sell that? No, I sell. I sell, too. Uh, Steve Lombardozzi will eventually replace Danny Espinosa or Ian Desmond. I sell that outside of a trade. I don't see that happening. Not crazy. Wouldn't shock me still selling it. 
Lance Nix will have NL only value. Yeah, I buy that. NL only, sure. I'm buying that in He's bulk right 1% now. percent of leagues. Oh, that's, that's that's nutty. He has like 16 homers each of the last two seasons. I know he's a part-time player, but he's been getting the bulk of the starts lately. Over over Pierre? Oh, uh, yeah. I know he did yeah, last night. Yeah. Okay. Getting in there. Um Adam Jones is having his breakout season. He's on pace for 38 home runs and 25 steals. I'm not sure we're going to project 38 home runs. But Adam Jones is having his breakout season. <laughs> uh buying that, not buying the on-pace stats, but buying the breakout. I think I think I have to bite. He's been one of the hardest players for me to rank. I pretty much rank every hitter in what's now called the hit parade, used to be the hitting planner. He's been the one, one of the hardest players for me to rank week to week because I generally don't trust these 30-walk-a-year guys. Um, and, and so that has – but at the same time, I, I end up putting him in must-start right now because the stats are just too good otherwise. Buy or sell this. Josh Willingham is beginning his gradual descent to the waiver wire. Buying. And I like I like you, him. You but do like Willingham. I do, but that's but who he is is a guy no, I know. that yeah. you stream. Yeah. Buy or right, sell. So I buy, it. buy or sell Wandy Rodriguez is an ace. I sell that. Um certainly a very good fantasy pitcher, but top forty, not like yeah. top twenty. <laughs> buy or sell Chris Sale is a top thirty pitcher. Uh, I'd come closer to him than Lynn, but it, it's kind of the same issue. Hasn't had a chance to build up the innings in the majors, and that's going to hurt him at the end. I I love Sale if I own him right now. I'm pretty much starting him every week, but at the end I think he might be just outside the top 30. I would say on just on a per-start, per-week basis, he yeah, I'm buying it, but first, you know, Scott's concerns probably fall short of the top 30. Time to talk about prospects, then we'll try to get to your emails uh, at fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. One email was about a prospect, Dominic Brown. Uh, what Tony and Crestwood wants to know about Dominic Brown. Technically not a prospect anymore. I don't mean to be prospect police, but he crossed the rookie threshold, so he loses oh, that status. Okay. But he is in the minor leagues and obviously not an established major leaguer yet. Um, off to a terrible start. He prospect two- police over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, and a 247 with a 629 OPS. I'm, I'm thinking that's just kind of a darn I didn't make it again kind of dragging his heels kind of thing. Right. Because he had a really good spring, better than John Mayberry. Uh, I, I, think, uh, I think it's possible, even though the Phillies said they wanted to send him down all year, I, I still think that's unlikely, especially since Mayberry hasn't exactly seized the day in left field and isn't even really playing there at all. So... Uh, I, it'd still be a pretty deep league where I stash him, but he's he's not off my radar. Rangers outfielder Leonis Martin out six to eight weeks with a torn ligament in his left thumb. Uh, let's talk about Christian Friedrich now. Scott, I know you wanted to mention him. Right. Uh, he used to be top pitching prospect, but back-to-back years, terrible at double-A, ERA over five. Uh, looks like he strained it out with a promotion to AAA, 259 ERA, 21 to 4 strikeout to walk ratio, and 24 in a third innings. And obviously that potential is still there. He's getting mentioned as a candidate to get called up. Um, I'm a little skeptical because of the shaky minor league history, but um, I, I think long term I'm more excited about him than somebody like Alex White, let's say. Any other prospects to talk about? Uh, well, I want to hit one because I think uh, our email from Tony had asked about Lucas Giolito, who is actually still in high school <laughs> in Los Angeles. But a lot of people might be, um, you know, people in, in 
uh, dynasty leagues, you know, deeper leagues might be interested in, in him uh, because he did have an elbow injury. Uh, prior to that, he was assumed to be the uh, coming number one pick in the amateur draft. He is uh, on the verge of, of having a throwing program. I have absolutely no idea how that's going to affect his draft status, but he's on the way back. So he could be a guy who's you know relevant even later this year um, in terms of like a, a free agent pickup. Uh, if he's drafted, well, I'm sure he will be, uh, in terms of guys who are already in minor league systems, uh, Will Myers, uh, apparently taking very well to his, um, outfield conversion. He's hitting 360 in double a with six home runs. So off to a good start following up on, uh, Arizona folly campaign, Jonathan Singleton, uh, with the Astros uh, acquired last year from the Phillies batting 350 in double a with three homers and a guy I like just for the name alone, but he's actually uh, an intriguing guy. Didi Gregorius, uh, shortstop prospect with the Reds, also in double A, hitting 330, uh, has already scored 15 runs. Um, and it's sort of an interesting guy because we talked about Billy Hamilton uh, a few days ago, but actually Gregorius is more advanced in the system than Hamilton. And, uh, you know, the Reds are going to have some interesting decisions to make uh, very, very soon. Like the trade deadline. Uh, like maybe then, yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else from you, officer? No. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, our email address is fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. Put podcasts in the subject line. And here is Norway's only Cubs fan. At what point do we put the hashtag more legit than you think next to Brian LaHare's name? Uh, we might have put it there. I mean, we definitely yeah. I know Nando loves Brian LaHare. So uh, I think he's th- legit. He just needs to start playing against lefties. That's the only thing that restrains me from going all in on him. But if you don't pick him up now, you're not going to get another chance. It might already be too late, actually. Yeah. No, uh, Norway's only Cubs fans question is drop Lind for Lahair. I would. Yeah, yeah, I would do that, too. We're going global today. Here's Jackson from Hanoi, Vietnam. I have no idea if I pronounce that right. I'm in a 12-team – I pronounce Vietnam right, the, the other one, I'm not sure. 12-team head-to-head weekly points league, and I'm looking at two start pitchers for week six. Current options include Matt Harrison, Daniel Bard, and Felix Dubrant. To pick one of them up, I would have to drop Bartolo Colon. Um, he has only one start next week. Which of these three, if any, would you pick up in place of Colon based on matchups for week six? Harrison, Bard, Dubrant. Uh, I'd be inclined to go Harrison. I'm just going to double check on the matchups, but I, I'd, I'd have to say that even the, the regardless of the matchups, I would I would do uh, Harrison for Cologne. You would you 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 would you would prefer to own Harrison than Cologne as the one who's down on Harrison. Uh, well, I don't think I'm down on Harrison. He is who I thought he was. Who is a guy, right? That, you, you know, but you, you, you referred to him as a stream option, right? You, so that means you also see Cologne, I guess, as a stream option. Yeah, I mean, look, all things being equal, I like Cologne a little bit better, but yeah. I would rather have two start Harrison than one start Cologne, and I don't like Cologne so much that I would hold on to him uh, at all costs. Eh, I wouldn't, yeah, at all costs, probably not, but I'd rather have Cologne than, than get the two-start week from Harrison. And just uh, in case you're wondering, yeah, it's at Baltimore, which is not the cake matchup it was uh, a year <laughs> ago, uh, actually against <laughs> Arietta, uh, and he faces Jared Weaver. Uh, you know, but that said, you know, I, I think that that he could get a win against Weaver. It's not totally you're, unthinkable. You're talking Harris. Harrison, yeah. yeah. John from Atlantis, uh, hello, fantasy Power Rangers. 
I, I don't think I ever once watched Power Rangers. I can safely say I have not. <laughs> a little after house time. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Someone in my 12-team head-to-head categories league put Pujols on the trading block. I'm thinking of offering Granderson for Pujols, but it would weaken my outfield and leave me with Jennings, Cruz, and B.J. Upton. I don't know if he would take the deal, but would you make the offer of Granderson for Pujols? Yeah, I'd make the offer. And Granderson's great and all, but uh, Pujols, at the end of the year, we could still be thinking of him as the best player in fantasy. Yeah, I think that weakens his outfield too much. And he says he has Cabrera to play first, so it's not like he's looking for a huge first-base upgrade. Yeah, that's part of it, too. I didn't want to get too specific, but yeah. He has Cabrera, he has Longoria on the DL, and he has Encarnacion. But you can find outfielders. You can find a LaHare. But you can't find a Granderson. No, you can't find a Granderson. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. But, yeah, I, it's Pujols, man. Pujols. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question from Paul. I have Carlos Quentin and Lucas Duda in my 14-team 5x5 head-to-head league. I have first waiver priority, and someone just cut Mike Trout. Who do you cut, if either, to pick him up? Do you cut Quentin or Duda for Trout? I'd cut Quentin. Uh, five by five league, I'd actually cut Duda. No, tough to, Duda. Tough to do in a 14-team league, but I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd roll the dice with Trout. Duda's coming back this next week, I'm telling you. <laughs> First time the Mets have a righty-heavy schedule, he's going to go off Okay, I next hope so. week. Watch out, Lucas Duda. Sneak peek. And Big finally, <laughs> a question from Dustin, who says, go Braves. He has, um, he has a uh, – what am I saying here? Oh, okay. Dear Fantasy Stooges. Sorry, you screwed me up, Dustin. I don't know what happened there. Would you drop Santiago for – I think we already answered this – for C-Check? Well, kind of, but not really, because I was talking about my particular roster in, in the podcast league and saying if I were to pick up a uh, reliever, Santiago would be the guy I would drop. But I'm still not confident enough about C-Check – getting consistent save chances that I would necessarily make that move for C-Shack. So I, right now, I would say no. Hector Santiago. I see Santiago. And yeah, I, it's not first, Casilla. <laughs> first, I'm thinking Santiago Casilla, but that's the first name, not a last name. Yes. Uh, also, Nolan Arenado was just dropped in my 10-team mixed keeper league where we keep six. Do you see him being called up anytime soon? I do. I would say within a month. There you go. Prospects questions on Thursdays. We love them. Thanks, everybody. We are back tomorrow to help you get ready for Fantasy Week coming up on Fantasy Week 6. And we've already told you to start Lucas Duda because he's going to mash the righties. He's going to blow it up. (laughs) When you say we, you mean Scott. Scott already told you that. Oh, you should too, Al. You should too. Well, I am Scott. I own him in one league, and he will be starting. He has been starting all year. (laughs) Uh, That's it for today. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow.